Hey everyone, thanks for listening to SwiftCast. If you're a fan of Taylor, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on iTunes or your podcast app, and it will automatically download our episodes for you each week. We have a lot of exciting episodes and guests as Reputation rolls out, so you'll only be doing yourself a favor by subscribing. Also, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr, at SwiftCast13, or you can find all of our episodes and social media at our website, SwiftCast13.com. Enjoy the show! Hey guys, welcome to episode 231 of SwiftCast. This is Adam, Nate, and Steph. And if you didn't see our last episode that was published, it's just a very short little description by Nate of our latest giveaway, which is awesome. Nate, do you want to give more details about that giveaway? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you guys are unaware, uh, we are doing this giveaway right now. It is for five Reputation Target exclusive magazines and for five Reputation physical albums. Now, uh, it's super easy to enter our giveaway. Uh, If you just go on our Twitter, it's our top pinned tweet, highlights all the steps for it. Very, very easy to do. Basically, all you need to do is go onto our iTunes, leave us a five-star rating, a review, uh, and then just come back to Twitter, retweet it, and tell us that you've entered, basically. So you're going to have 10 chances to win one of these albums. Uh, and we're going to determine all winners by the release of Reputation. And on top of that, unfortunately, it is only open to the United States. So sorry about you guys internationally, just for like shipping purposes, basically. Uh, but anyway, I'm so excited. This giveaway is doing well. Uh, you guys are going to have some stiff competition, but it is totally worth it. Awesome. That is really cool. Yeah, this is really exciting just because the magazines, it's been confirmed that each one is different. So you definitely want both. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and not to mention even for the album itself, because that comes with one of four collectible posters. uh, If you're only buying one album, I mean, you got to have the other three posters. I mean, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You do. And we're just really excited to help Taylor with album sales. We know it's going to be tough to outsell 1989's first week sales, but we want to do everything we can to help her. So like I said, just visit our Twitter. Our Twitter is SwiftCast13. Uh, just go there and it'll have all the details for you. Super easy. And let's jump right into the news. There are a couple of awesome news items and updates for everybody this week. Our first update is some great news for Taylor on the charts. Gorgeous took the number one spot on the Billboard Digital Songs sales chart. And if you didn't get to hear our previous episode, we talked all about Gorgeous on episode 229. And along with that, this means that Taylor has now had her 14th number one on the Billboard Digital Songs sales chart, which means she has officially tied Rihanna for the most of all time. So she just needs one more and then she will have had the most of all time. The other exciting news is that Gorgeous debuted at number 13 on the Hot 100 chart. And we were talking a couple weeks ago on an episode about all of Taylor's different songs that have been on the Hot 100 chart. And a lot of them weren't even official singles. And we don't know yet whether Gorgeous will be an official single, but I think it's fantastic that it debuted 
on the Hot 100 chart. Yeah, I'm sure that Taylor's next single, whatever it may be, will debut at number one on the digital song sales chart. So she should be able to get ahead of Rihanna then. Oh, I am 100% confident that it's going to happen. I mean, she has an entire album worth of songs left to release. There is no way she's not going to pass her. Yeah, that is true. And to boot, I mean, the fact that Gorgeous debuted at lucky number 13, I mean, that's got to that's gotta mean something. Yeah, how fitting, exactly. <laughs> Even to this day, Taylor's comments on Instagram or Tumblr, whenever she's replying to people, she'll include 13 emojis still. Right, and as we talked about on episode 230, when we talked all about the Ready For It music video, it seems like 13 is just exploding this era. So Taylor has to be happy about the debut. Well, in our next bit of news, very exciting. Taylor has been announced as the musical guest on the November 11th episode of Saturday Night Live. Finally. Oh my God. Isn't that the truth? We have been waiting for this forever. Yeah, I feel like every single year in September, I say, Taylor needs to be on Saturday Night Live again. <laughs> I have to say I was a little disappointed that she's not hosting and the musical guest. She's the musical guest. Yeah, that's true. I mean, though, whatever she ends up singing, it's going to be awesome. I just know it. I think I know the reason why she's not hosting, because the host does have to do a lot of work in the week prior to the episode, probably starting like Monday or Tuesday. And she just wouldn't have the time because of the release of the album. Right. Taylor will be on the episode on November 11th, so she probably would not have the time. But I have to say I'm crossing my fingers that she'll appear in at least one skit. When she was the musical guest way back in 2009, she did appear in a skit about Broadway. She played the character of Annie. So what do you guys think? Do you think she'll show up in at least one skit? Yes, absolutely. I hope so. I mean, you can't go on Saturday Night Live without showing up in at least one skid. Yeah, I hope so. I have to admit I'm a little behind on this season, so I'm not sure if other musical guests have been in skits this year, but I really hope so. She's just so funny. She would make a skit so great. I feel like we should have almost seen this coming because of the AT&T commercial with Andy Samberg. I mean, I know he's a former cast member, but I feel like it was almost foreshadowing this moment. Yeah, that's a good connection I hadn't thought of. Yeah, and they were in a skit together when Taylor hosted and was the musical guest. And so Billboard put out an article this week that was titled Taylor Swift's Five Best Moments on Saturday Night Live. And their top five list was the monologue song, Teens Raise Awareness About Awful Parent Driving, Roomies, Penelope's Wedding, and Firelight, which was that digital short that they did, which was like a movie preview. So those are some good ones. What were your favorite sketches when she was a host or made an appearance? Well, I thought the billboards list was pretty great. Interestingly, the Firelight skit, I just so happened to have Saturday Night Live on over Halloween weekend. And the Firelight skit was featured in that episode, which was really exciting. I thought that was really well done. But I would have to say my favorite is always the monologue song. I mean, very few hosts ever write their own monologue. Like Adam mentioned, the host usually spends a week in advance doing a lot of work, but they have a lot of help because Saturday Night Live has so many writers. But here, Taylor completely 
independently wrote the monologue. And of course it was a song and it was pretty fantastic. It was Taylor being a little sassy and funny. So I loved that. And wasn't she the first person to write her own monologue? I feel like I heard that back when it happened. Right. That's true. Yeah. I got to say, I think my favorite skit of all the ones that she's done uh, is the one that you mentioned, Adam, titled Roomies. Uh, So it's Andy Samberg and Nassim Pedrad in this skit, and they are boyfriend and girlfriend, and Taylor is the best friend roommate to Nassim. And the best part about the skit is that uh, not only are they best friends, but they are such best friends that they completely ignore Andy Samberg the whole time. They just have this awesome time without it. Andy Samberg's like, what the heck? Like, why does my girlfriend pay attention to me? It was <laughs> one of the funniest skits I've ever seen. That was a great one. And it's funny today, looking back on that skit, I'm sure that that's how fans would want to act if Taylor were their roommate too. You know, if Taylor Swift is your roommate, you probably would ignore everybody else, right? I mean, that's how I would act. I think it'd be a little bit uh, crazier than that, honestly, but (laughs) (laughs) kidding. (laughs) And my favorite is actually one that's not even on this list. If anybody remembers, it's a skit with Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader, and they're like a TV show host duo, and they're interviewing Taylor, but they are just completely awkward with their questions and with each other. And at one point, Bill Hader drinks a big gulp of water and spits it all over Kristen Wiig's face. And it's just hilarious. That one is hilarious. I don't know how she stayed calm during all of that, because I probably would have broken character and laughed. Yeah, and those two did break character. They were having trouble keeping it together. And I just have to say an honorable mention, I think, should be another one that wasn't included, but it was called Bunny Business. And Taylor did this incredible impression of Shakira. It was just hilarious. Yeah, that was a good one. It was too short. I wish she could have done more. But they had a bunch of different castmates do impressions during that scene. And it was really good. So on top of all the skits she's done, obviously Taylor has been the musical guest, as we mentioned. Uh, Her first one, her first set that she did was way back in January of 2009. Taylor performed both Love Story and Forever and Always. And her second performance was actually later that year, surprisingly, November of 2009. Uh, In that performance, she played You Belong With Me and Untouchable. Some really interesting song choices there. Yeah, Untouchable, that is a rare one. Yeah, I was so excited that she did that. It kind of makes you wonder if she is going to pick something unique from Reputation for this performance. Yeah, it's really kind of crazy to think that Taylor has not sang on Saturday Night Live since 2009. She's, of course, been on. Even in recent years, she appeared when Ed was on. And she also appeared in that special when they did the Californication skit and Betty White was included. So she has had involvement, but the last time she actually sang was in 2009. So I just can't wait to see what she does. Yeah, we are looking forward to it, and it's coming up right around the corner, day after release day. So what are your guesses? For me, I think she'll definitely do Ready For It, and I kind of think maybe she'll do something out of the ordinary rather than Look What You Made Me Do or Gorgeous. 
I don't know. I feel like she has to do Look What You Made Me Do just because of how big it was and how big of a success the music video was. I know those are the two obvious choices, Look What You Made Me Do and Ready For It, but I almost feel like she's got to do that. True. I kind of agree with both of you. I think that she's going to end up playing both of the singles, but I would really like to hear something that's just going to blow our hair back, something that, you know, we've only just heard, something that is just going to be unique and and really cool to look back on when we look back on SNL. Well, especially because it's the day after the album is released. So if she does something different, I think it would encourage people to pick up a copy of the album. Right. They might already know all the other three songs, Gorgeous, Ready For It, Look What You Made Me Do. So I'm excited to see what happens. Well, in just a little bit, we're going to be talking about a behind-the-scenes video that Taylor just released on YouTube, and it's also on DirecTV Now, but it is basically a making-of-a-song episode. It's about seven minutes long, and it's all behind-the-scenes footage of her trying out new lyrics and working out the production of the song Gorgeous. And in addition to that video, it was announced that a series will be premiering on DirecTV Now on November 13th called The Making of a Song. So that is awesome. It sounds like we're going to get a ton of behind the scenes of the making of Reputation. I am so, so excited about this. When Taylor had the songwriting voice memos, on the deluxe version of 1989. I just couldn't get enough of those and I wanted more. And I feel like she has to know that. And that's probably a big reason why she's doing this. And now we're going to be seeing video and it seems like maybe more of the process and hopefully more than three songs. 100% agreed. I mean, we're going to talk all about this later in the episode, but if I could just have a quick blurb. If Taylor is going to go in any direction with showing people how she writes songs, this is 100% the direction she needs to go in. Absolutely. Well, our last piece of news is something that was just announced today from the Forbes magazine. Every year, the Forbes magazine does a list of the 100 most powerful women in the world. And Taylor was number 85 on the list, which I thought was really impressive The article itself mentions how quiet Taylor was in 2016, and really even a big portion of 2017, she was very quiet, but she has still made her way onto the list of the most powerful women in the world. So our next piece of news is definitely exciting. We've been able to actually start doing our calendar again lately, telling you all of Taylor's upcoming events. I'm just going to kind of go for it and list all of Taylor's upcoming events, and this is definitely subject to change. The album's about to come out. Uh, There is so much going on with Taylor, uh, but at least for right now, this is what we know Taylor's schedule is looking like. November 10th, of course. Reputation album released. Huge day, obviously. Who knows what's going to happen. November 11th, as we talked about before, Saturday Night Live. November 12th. Now, we don't know if she's going to be there, but it's the Europe Music Awards uh, by MTV. Taylor has six nominations, so uh, will she be there? Will she show up? We're not too sure. Either way, still a big night for her. December 1st is her first Jingle Ball performance. That one is in L.A. December 2nd is Poptopia in San Jose. December 7th is the Jingle Bash in Chicago. And December 8th is Jingle Ball in New York City. 
So definitely a lot of huge things coming up for Taylor. It's so great to bring the calendar back. I know. And I hope we just keep adding more to it. That's what I'm saying. That's only just for right now. Like, I can't even imagine what's going to happen between November 12th and December 1st. Like, (laughs) that's a whole span of, you know, two and a half, three weeks after album release. I mean, my God. Even, I think the AMAs are after November 12th. So I wouldn't be surprised if Taylor shows up there, maybe performs. And we know that she's up for CMAs. I don't know if she'll show up, but she's been nominated for Better Man. So... It'll be exciting. Hopefully we'll see Taylor out and about a lot. I also have one little prediction to throw in because we're doing calendar. I know it seems like Taylor isn't doing promotion, but she's doing Saturday Night Live and she'll be in New York on November 11th. So I will predict that on either November 10th or November 13th, she does Jimmy Fallon show. Oh, that would be great. They always have so much fun together. They do. If you think about the skit or when they did the sporting event skit that would be great we do have two fashion items from a couple of the secret sessions that happened in the past week or two the first one is from the la secret session on october 22nd taylor was wearing faith connection camo cargo pants that are 759 dollars and Valentino lace-up boots, which are $1,745. Wow. Expensive stuff. Well, it gets more expensive than that. Uh, Obviously, from the Nashville Secret Session, which was on October 25th, uh, Taylor was seen wearing uh, a Faith Connection jewel-studded camouflage shirt, which runs for $1,900. Wow. That's just crazy. How can a camo shirt be $1,900? Yikes. <laughs> Either way, it's interesting. I wonder if camo is actually going to be a recurring theme for this album. Yeah, that's a good question. We'll see. And we'll be right back with our main discussion. So for our main discussion, we wanted to talk briefly about this video that was just released, the behind the scenes of Making Gorgeous. So let's listen to Taylor's songwriting process for the song Gorgeous. So 
So I'll just jump right in and ask you guys, what was your initial impression of this video? Um, pretty amazing. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I saw this video and like I said earlier, you know, you hear the voice memos, you always want to hear about 
how Taylor actually writes songs and to see it so just stripped down and Taylor at the piano and really just kind of working through it, like just kind of playing with the melodies, playing with the lyrics, playing with just everything about the song, like what she wanted to say, throwing out certain things, changing certain things. That is what we want to see. Like, I don't know, that is so awesome to me to be able to be like, this is how Taylor puts songs together. Yeah, the voice memos were awesome, but they were so short. And this one's about seven minutes long or so. And just like you said, I think one of my favorite parts is just how she just changes lyrics on the spot. She's just like, hmm, I'll try this lyric. Eh, I don't really like it. I'll try this lyric. Eh, let's try a different one. And, you know, she has like her idea for what the song is going to be like, but just mixing together different words and trying different rhyming styles is really really cool to see yeah i'm really really excited about this i think it's just a step above the voice memos and it's so interesting to see especially for this song she would leave and come back to it she has little narrations like later that day or the next day and even just the way she was writing it she was on guitar then she was on piano then she was on guitar so that's really interesting to me. It just shows how talented she is, I think. Right. And at the very end, too, you actually see Taylor in the studio itself with Max Martin and Shellback. Uh, she's performing them the song, I'm assuming for the first time. I'm not sure. But uh, either way, it was really cool hearing Taylor perform it for them and them providing you know, their feedback, the direction they think the song should go in. I thought it was really, really cool. That was. That kind of reminded me, of course, of the blank space voice memo when they were all together. Absolutely. And it just seems like they have such a blast together, which is fun. I like the part when one of them got excited and basically said that that part is awesome and he swore and Taylor like laughed about it. It was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell if that was Max or Johan. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. So by now we all know the lyrics to the song Gorgeous that was released. But the lyrics that Taylor used in this video are really interesting to look at. And I've seen on social media already some people debating which lyrics are better, these original ones that she was thinking of or the ones that made it to the final version of the song. So, for example, one of the lines that she said in the video that is now changed is, you're so gorgeous, and I'm not just talking about your face, and I'm so curious, your mind got me feeling some type of way. I really like the second part, and I'm so curious, your mind got me feeling some type of way. It's just really interesting to me. And in the line before, she says she's not just talking about the person's face, so it seems like she's just attracted by not just the person's looks, but also the person's mind and probably personality. So I, I kind of like that. I think it just shows the, to use Taylor's words, magnetic field or magnetism that she felt <laughs> toward this person. Yeah, I think I like that one better too, because the lyrics of the actual song say, I can't say anything to your face, cause look at your face. And not that that's a bad thing, but it's such a little bit almost repetitive, like she couldn't think of another line to fill in there. So I wonder why she switched it from this original line. Yeah, that's a good question. I do like the way the song ended up, but I have seen some criticism of like 
what Adam just said, Taylor was kind of rhyming words together in a way. One of my favorite parts of the video was uh, this next lyric, because it really highlighted Taylor's songwriting style, just the process itself. Uh, She's working on the line, you should take it as a compliment that I got drunk and made fun of the way you talk, the very first line. And then she's like, because you're cool. It's like, okay, that doesn't flow, that doesn't work. Uh, you know that, that she wants to include that somehow. This this person is cool, like, uh, she wants to put it in there, but it doesn't just doesn't really fit there. Of course, it ends up being later in the song. Uh, you end up hearing that in the line, you're so cool, it makes me hate you so much. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that, so it got moved. Yeah, it got moved a little bit later, which is really cool. She wants to fit it in, but she, like, yeah, right here is probably not the spot, but, you know, I don't know, it's cool. It's her kind of just working out where this is going to go in the song. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I one thing that I caught on just listening to this, it was very clear to me that she thinks this person is cool and she wanted to include that word somewhere in this song. So like Nate said, she just figured out a way to put it elsewhere, which it's just really neat to see how she does that. So Taylor goes on to the next line in the song uh, and she kind of changes it up a few ways. Uh, you should think about the consequence of your magnetic field getting way too strong. She also says, of your magnetic field, you know it ain't my fault. Anyway, I thought that was really cool. Same kind of thing there. She's working through it. She's trying to like get through the lyrics. Like, like how is this going to flow? How is this going to work into the next thing? And the final lyric did end up being, of your magnetic field being a little too strong. So I think that fits well. Yeah, I, th- I think I prefer that. Although I have to say... I loved her use of the word ain't just because it just seems like such a country tailored thing. Yeah. It's like a throwback to country, right? Yeah. Well, the next one was my favorite just to see how she changed this up so much, but it's the line. And I got a boyfriend. He's older than us. And then she originally started with, I haven't seen him in a couple of months, which she actually kept on with that a few times before she went into the lyric that's actually he's in the club doing I don't know what. So that was interesting to me. The next one, right after, I haven't seen him in a couple of months, she's saying, I go through phases when it comes to love. I'm nothing that you want, but I must say, and then she went into the chorus, you're gorgeous. I thought that was really interesting, especially because for this album, Taylor seems to be taking on a lot of what people say about her. So I like this. I go through phases when it comes to love because that's what everybody says about Taylor. You know, she's just always jumping from relationship to relationship. So I kind of liked that, but of course I like the way it also ended up. I like it too, because I think it's just fascinating that she would include this entire line and then it just got this complete overhaul. She just completely threw it out. It's like, what makes her tick? Why did she? Why didn't she work this one in? I don't know. I think it's a message that could really hit home, but it's it's not in the song, so it's interesting to me. Yeah, it is. And actually, the way the song ended up is she included the line we talked about earlier. You're so cool, it makes me hate you so much. So maybe, she, like we said earlier, she just really, really wanted to include the cool factor about this person, so she had to put it somewhere. And my favorite is actually the next line that she sang, which you haven't read yet, Steph. Oh, yes. This also is one of my favorites. She kept it the same. And I got a boyfriend. He's older than us. I haven't seen him 
in a couple of months. But then she said, and my reputation precedes one of us. Ooh, I love that line. <laughs> Just sticking the album title right in there. Right, right. I really wish she would have kept that in, but maybe reputation, I think we talked about this on a previous episode, maybe the word reputation is in another song on the album, or maybe it's a song title. We're still not sure. I really like both of these. Both, I hadn't seen them in a couple of months, and my reputation precedes one of us. I think those are awesome. I do also think, and we haven't talked about Gorgeous itself yet. We haven't broken down uh, the lyrics. We'll, we'll do that in a future episode. But uh, I think in the original song, I like those the best. Uh, I got a boyfriend. He's older than us. He's in the club doing I don't know what. I don't know. There's just something about that. It's very... It kind of paints this this whole picture just within those few lines. So I just thought it was really cool. Yeah, it really does. For these last two, she got really close to what it ended up being. She switched it to, and I got a boyfriend. He's older than us. He's in the club doing I don't know what. And you're so cool. I can't. Then she kind of trails off. And then she tried again. And she went, and I got a boyfriend. He's older than us. He's in the club doing I don't know what. And you're so cool, I hate. And then she trailed off, and then she got it. It makes me hate you so much. Exactly. Then you see the final product. It's like, oh my god, this is amazing. (laughs) Taylor, please keep doing these videos. Yes, we want more. What about all the other lyrics in this song? I want want the line with the cats. I want to see her writing that one. Yeah. So looking back, this actually isn't the first time that Taylor has done this. I'm sure she does it for tons and tons of songs. But two that we know of are Sparks Fly and 22. There are lyrics, original handwritten lyrics out there for them. And people have compared the original lyrics to the final cut. And there are a lot of differences, which is really cool. Yeah, with some of those, some of the lyrics are actually in museums and you can see Taylor scratching things out and moving things around. The 22 lyrics had a a completely different section that she just crossed off about how we're moving quickly towards something hazy, a future I can't see, let's break the old rules while we're still 22. So just very, very different. And of course, The original version of Sparks Fly, Taylor has actually sang before, but it was such a fan favorite because that song was really old and written a long time ago. And it was such a fan favorite that she included it on Speak Now, but changed the lyrics. So it's interesting to read those. And if you have never heard it, you can just look it up and find her singing the old version live. You know, to go along with that, it has even made it to a released album. She's changed the lyrics from her released debut album, even. I'm not sure if uh, a lot of people know that anymore, but uh, Taylor's original album, I think it was, let's see, Picture to Burn, and um, was the other one, Teardrops, I think? Yeah, they have lyric changes, yep. Both had lyric changes. A a second version of the debut album came out. Uh, So, I mean, things can still be released and and still be changed. I I think that's something... Very paramount to being a songwriter, just uh, compl- like always playing with the song, always you know wanting to make it better or make it sound different or like like just tell the story in the right way. Yeah, it's just so interesting. I'm really excited to hear more on this, and of course we'll be talking all about it when we can. 
And just to wrap up this episode, actually, as we are recording, Taylor just released a bunch of new merch. So if you like merch, go check out her website. And it's pretty cool. The photos of the merch include a bunch of her band and dancers and backup singers. So that's really neat that she was able to use them to show off the merch. Yeah, and actually, we, during our fashion segment, mentioned camo. And some of these photos that were just released look to me like camo. So I guess maybe that will be a theme. Maybe we'll have some camo tour outfits. We'll see. Well, thank you guys for listening. As always, if you'd like to contact us on social media, we are SwiftCast13 on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you'd like to email us, you can email SwiftCast13show at gmail.com. All of that and all of our episodes are also available on our website, which is SwiftCast13.com. Thanks again for listening. For episode 231, this has been Adam, Nate, and Steph. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Later.